Welcome to Walk on the Wild Side. I'm Crispin Baines and I'm your host. I'm also one of the founding members of The Wild. This is a great episode where we chat with David Harry Stewart from Aegis Media. David once told me that culture change is regulation, not the other way around. And the way you change culture is by story. And he's doing just that. It's a great conversation. We get into age irrelevance and why it's right. We talk about what Tony Hawk and the Supreme Court have in common. We get into Stravinsky and rock and roll. We talk about why cool is ageless. But what is cool? We hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening and stay wild. So hi, David. Welcome to Walk on the Wild Side. Uh, It's a a pleasure to have you here uh, with us here in Austin. Um, Slightly warm outside, but cooler here in, in the studio, thankfully. Um, we love what you've done so far with Aegis. You know, it's prescient. Uh, the magazine's phenomenal. It's, it's found a voice where a voice needed to be found for a, a largely um, underserved or um, un- unrecognized or unaddressed group of people. Uh, we love what you achieved with um, the recent YBL conference in LA, a sellout conference. And at the first conference around aging um, that I've been to, and I've been to quite a few now where the actual demographic was represented. So um, it's phenomenal. Um, really happy to have you here for a chat. And, and I think maybe the best way to start for our, for our viewers is, you know, when, when people ask you what kind of business you're in right now, how do you like to reply? We're in the change the world business. Mm-hmm. And for our readers and for our audience, that involves uh, an experience. The one part of the experience is the digital experience, which is the content that we create and the community that generates from that. And the second part is what you mentioned, YBL, which is our events, mm-hmm. which is allowing people to connect physically, to actually see each other and, and the validation that comes from that. Mm-hmm. Great. And. Um, Let's, if we start from the end, what does success look like? If you, if you complete the mission of Aegist, what what's the ultimate goal look like for you? Well, I, I, I think if you were to look at where I would like this to go, you know, something we discussed earlier, the um, age irrelevance, mm-hmm. I think is right. Uh, that, you know, if we look historically back, age was really not that relevant until quite recently. So what was relevant was, could you do the task or not do the task? So nobody cared that Alexander the Great was 18. Nobody cared that the head of his personal guard was 65. Didn't matter. They were just good at what they did. Mm-hmm. And then that sort of changed. You know, in the, in the late 1800s, people thought um, child labor wasn't such a good thing and maybe we should pay attention to age, which was a good thing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we you know, moved into things with uh, Social Security and such that were age-related but the idea of age being a defining factor is really something that I would like to see go away. It is, it is a factor like I am six feet tall. It's a factor. So what? Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, you know, I'm 60. So what? Mm-hmm. That's, that's how I'd like that to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, you mentioned something at dinner last night, which was a great concept that, you know, w- one of the goals is just let, let's make age um, irrelevant. It, yeah. it, it shouldn't necessarily be a marker the same as blue eyes or, or, or right. white. Um, and you know, I think one of the great ways that you're pushing through that for us all is by, you know, uh, validating people and, and highlighting the way people are living. And that's regardless of age. Um, so just uh, just on that, you know, what, what are some of the um, the common themes that you've seen for people that are doing it well? What, what do I mean by that? Uh, li- living their best lives um, right. uh, uh, and, and not being confronted by their, um, their, their age? Well, I think that one of the key traits we've seen across people is this idea of curiosity. And curiosity is something if you – when curiosity is combined with drive, investigation happens and movement forward happens. Mm-hmm. Being incurious is something I don't really understand. There are people out there who are incurious mm-hmm. uh, and – Incuriosity has nothing to do with age. You can be an incurious 15-year-old as much as you can a 70-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. We, we're often asked this question, what's, what's the red thread through everyone? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really – so it's probably three things. It's curiosity, it's drive, and it's very much this sense of not being done yet. People at the peak of their powers, 
the, the, they feel the peak of their capacity and they, have, they see no reason to stop or pull back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, and that's something that's really worth harnessing. So let's take a step back. How did you get started with this? What was the initial thing that sort of lit a fire underneath you that said, hang on a minute, there's something broken here. I want, I'm going to go and try and fix it. That's a great question. Uh, you know, my background is as a professional photographer. I worked at really the highest levels of that industry for about 35 years. Did a lot of advertising campaigns, a lot of magazine covers. And what happened was I found that as I was getting older, the, you know, the kind of your basic advertising demographic is, you know, like the 25 to 28 year old. That's kind of the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you're shooting people who are like 18 to 29. So I'm getting older. These people all stay the same. And they just kind of get rotated in and out. I'm older. My friends are older. And I'm thinking, oh, this is a little unusual. And then really the, the key thing that happened was I was asked to do a, this big um, like four-month advertising campaign. And we had to do a bunch of billboards. We had to do 60 of them around the country. And at the end of it, uh, I told the people who, at the agency who were running the campaign, I said, by the way, you know, 59 of the 60 people that we photographed here, they're using this product on their parents' dime. They're not paying for it. Why did we do this? And they said to me, well, we – sell to younger people because that's what we know how to do. Mm-hmm. And I said, why are we selling to people who don't buy this thing? This, is, this doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I did a little investigation and I, I came back and I said, um, I, had a, I had a notebook full of statistics and I said, well, you know, actually the people that we're trying to sell to, they don't have any money and they don't buy things. Right. Um, people like me buy things. Um, and why don't we do something about that? And the The guy said to me, I'll always remember this. He's very clever. He said, we can't do that because you're asking me to time travel into the future. I can't do that. I'm 32. I know how to sell to 32-year-olds. I can communicate with an 18-year-old. I used to be that way. I have no idea what it's like to be 50 or 60. It doesn't matter how many people I talk to. And that was sort of the beginning. That was like the – this light went off in my head. It's like, oh, that's one of the reasons this is so messed up. Right. And then we continued to investigate, and I, it was really just a, a curiosity. I, I had no intention of changing the world or starting this big thing. I just thought, let's look at this. What's going on here? Mm. And, and so what did the investigation look like? Well, the investigation was, is ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't stop. Uh, the original investigation had to do with what is trying to understand why does – media, advertising, marketing, entertainment, all these industries, why are they portraying people my age in a certain way? And that way typically is that there's something wrong with me, that I'm incapacitated and need help in some way. Right. And I thought that's really odd. Yeah. I don't feel that way. No one I know feels that way. And, you know, we investigated what were the uh, – why that could be. And it has to do with a lot of things. Um, it's a great deal of it has to do with the creative that's being produced uh, is done. You know, in advertising, if you're an art director and you're 30, you're getting towards the end. Creative director, you know, 35. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I believe the statistic, Crispin, is that 40 percent of the American population is over 50. And if I recall – Six percent of the people in advertising and marketing mm-hmm. over fifty, and most of them probably own the agencies. Right. Yeah. So that explains a lot of it. Yeah. 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 It's remarkable. And so, and aging is different. Different is, is, is or how we how we're aging is 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 different. So from the previous generations and and now. So how, how would you if you if you could try and describe some of the the markers for your generation, people of your um, age and ilk. Um, how would you describe you, the, the audience, the ageist audience of which you're a, obviously a representative as well? Who are you? What are you about? Well, I, I think that when we contrast to an earlier generation, um, like my mom's generation, so mm-hmm. my, my mom's 89. My mom came out of the Depression, the Second World War, and it was really just uh, about there's a sense of settling, like we can get by with this. We can, we can tough it out. Yeah. And as, you know, as we discussed last night, there was one kind of lettuce in the supermarket and it was this round, 
iceberg thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, and, and that was fine. You know, there was just, um, we can get by, we can, we can deal with this. There was also a sense that if one was, say, 55 back, you know, when my mom was 55, you were really kind of wrapping things up. Right. There was not this expectation of having a longer life and a longer, healthier life. Mm-hmm. And people in our group, and this is really the thing that has changed everything, is this idea that, so I'm 60, there's a reasonably good chance I'm going to be alive another 30 years, 35 years, something like that, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but I will be functional and yeah. contributing for a great deal of that. Mm-hmm. And that's a very different mindset from it was 20 or 30 years ago. Right, yeah, which presents a lot of, of, of opportunity as well. And I guess through Aegis, you're uh, helping to validate that and helping people to see that as, as, uh, as, as an opportunity. And it's the difference between getting old where we see it as confrontational and growing old, which requires planning and, and grace and skill. And so, I don't feel old, by the way. Right. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So just just take it off off the table right. altogether. Yeah. Yeah, right. yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure you've got companies who are coming to you now saying, you know, you seem to have figured this out, or 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 quite a long ways to figuring out how to speak to this large audience. You know, um, and, and so when you when you're counselling companies or when you're coaching companies about how to approach this audience, what are some of the sort of basics that you're telling them? What are some of the ground rules? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, one of the biggest mistakes that companies make, brands make, is this idea they – what they do is they see this enormous number and they just get hypnotized by it. And they say, oh, my gosh, look at all these people over 50. Look at all this money. We want all of them. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. and, and that's the fail uh, because people don't age equally. It, it diverges dramatically. The, the divergence in a, uh, 55-year-olds across the country compared to 20-year-olds is dramatic. Mm-hmm. You can speak to more or less any 20-year-old in the country and they're going to understand what you're talking about. They'll, they'll be able to identify with it. There really isn't the, the, the split in attitude and drive the way it is as people get older. And I think I tell people you got to pick a lane. And just stick in your lane, and the tighter the lane, the better. This idea is more – what happens is as you spread out, things get kind of mushy, and mm. they just get nonsensical. And you end up with these you know, kind of happy-looking but somewhat feeble gray-haired people walking on the beach with the Labrador and the sunset. And it's like, who is that? Yeah. What's that yeah. about? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's, – it's, it's meaningless. It's right. And, and, and I remember you talk about in your TED Talk, which we'll put in the show notes. It's a phenomenal TED Talk. So, <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, you're right. You've got to really pick your lane or pick your tribe. Yeah. And, and, and I guess you, you help companies to, to really right. figure out who that is first, you know. Yeah. 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 And there's a, lot of, you know, there's a lot of tribal markers. There's, there's also the idea of what, why is it impossible to show somebody over 50 as being aspirational? Who, invent, who came up with that idea? Right. So if I'm selling to a, you know, not if I'm communicating to like a 20-year-old or 25-year-old, I can be really aspirational, right? Like LeBron James. Right. Who who uh who thinks they're really going to be LeBron James? No one. Right. But that doesn't mean you can't show LeBron James and and pull out like what's great about him or right. or any of this. I mean, who's going to be Kim Kardashian? No one. Right. Only Kim Kardashian. But we can, we can frame her, you know, she's highly aspirational. But once you get over this sort of invisible line, the aspirational thinking just goes out the window. And it suddenly becomes infantilized and medicalized. Like, you've got a problem. You need help. Uh, try that on a 20-year-old. Right. You wouldn't even dream of doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. And um, um, that seems to be where we're, where we're falling down. So are there, are there any aspirational role models you can think of? For, the, for, for your particular audience? I know we've we, we got to slice and dice through the, through the different tribes and groups of people, but um, are there any that have, that have come up that you could speak to? I think there's a ton of them. I think you just um, – it's just a question of looking, you know? Mm-hmm. Like um, how old is Tony Hawk now? Like 50, 51? Bjork is like in her early 50s. Kim Gordon in her 60s. Um, Laird, you know, Laird Hamilton, monster. Um, 55. And those are, you know, if we look in fields outside of athletics and entertainment, 
Um, look at the people who are on the Supreme Court. How old are those people? Right. Yeah. They're not 20. Yeah. Um, you know, there's uh, – if we look at artists, um, it's very common to have somebody you – know, my, my friend Mary Heilman is probably in her mid to late 70s. Um, you know, the, the, there aren't really age boundaries on right. that. Right. And so just on that, what do we – like this question is around life experience. What do we have when we've got more life experience that we don't have when we're younger? You got a bigger hard drive, right? Um, you just have more information accessible to you. So there's upsides and downsides to that. It's not all upside. Like people are like, oh, we have wisdom. True, but it also the the thing that youth has. Youth hasn't been kicked in the head. Okay. So they don't know the pitfalls. Therefore, um, they will they'll do novel things. Without this sense of judgment of saying like, oh, well, you know, 10 years ago I did this and it didn't work out so well. So we have this we, – we have more experience. We have things that we can draw upon. And the, the trick there though is to not become a fossil and just get locked into this, oh, this is the way I did it 15 or 20 years ago. That's, then that's the right thing. Mm. It's really about using this knowledge base we have, this information in our – and in the hard drive as being informative but not being locked in stone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's um, it's really important. And also at the same time being as being curious as well. Yes. In, and, and, and having that balance. Yes. So for somebody who is older, who's feeling a little bit left by the wayside because of the digital world and, and, is, and, and is perhaps feeling less relevant because of all of this you know, digital stuff around us. Um, you're someone who's re recreated himself at, 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 at this age and, and, you, and you're completely buzzing on it. You know, what advice would you give to somebody who's sort of feeling a little bit um, like, who am I right now? What, what's next? Stop thinking about yourself. Um, get really busy. Fill up that calendar. Like when I look at your calendar, I want to see like 12 hours a day. I want that booked up. Start helping other people. Get your body in shape. There's no reason for you not to be fit. Just make that happen. Mm -hmm. Don't stop worrying about yourself. Start thinking about other people. Mm -hmm. How can you help? How can you contribute? How can you be useful today, right now, at this moment? Make that happen. Right. That's fantastic advice. Uh, let's talk about health. You know, what's your regime? How do you, you look great? <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing? Uh, it's a discipline. Uh, Staying relevant, staying healthy requires discipline mm -hmm. and it requires a lot more work than when I was 25 or 30. Mm -hmm. I'm very careful about what I eat. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we had a lovely meal last night mm -hmm. and as much as I would have liked to have the pie, I love eating pie. pie doesn't w eating pie doesn't work with how I want my body to be. Right. And I need my body. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's, you know, health comes first. If, if, if I lose that, then everything else falls apart. So that has to have a priority. Mm -hmm. um, I, I exercise. I exercise in a different way. Probably every year I have to reevaluate what's working best for me. What's, mm -hmm. what's the mix? For, for me, I know that it's really about maintaining muscle mass, maintaining flexibility and pliability. Uh, I load myself up with fairly heavy things, mm -hmm. and that helps with my my bones. Like, I don't want to be one of those people that falls over and breaks something. Yeah, um, and I'm not going to be. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's important. It's and it's it's all about setting yourself up for success. Um, and so, for companies that are thinking about hiring older people, wisdom workers, whatever we want to call them, um, in your experience, what, why is that important? What what's the benefit it can bring? And, and, and as an older person, perhaps going in to consult to, to a company where, where most of the people are younger, what, what's the best way to approach it? Well, I, I like to look at the nature paradigm on this. Uh, a diverse ecosystem is a robust eco ecosystem. Monoculture, not so much. Uh, and, you know, all you got to look at, you know, Travis and Uber. That didn't work out so well. Yeah. So yeah. It, it, if, How could have that been done differently? Well, if you had an intergenerational group there, you would have some older people saying, like, we should really think about this. Right. 
the you know that move fast and break things. You really want to do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, then Let's you've got broken things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, I'm just going to switch gears for a second and and and, and go into design. Uh, I mean, as you know, at the Wild, where um, we're building an intentional community, um, but ultimately, way we've come from design and architecture, and we're a group of people that are really trying to think about how do we. Um, design for aging? How do we design for the next generation of old people? What should those spaces and settings look like? And we've spent a lot of time looking at the traditional senior housing and care industry. And as somebody who is um, so um, um, design forward um, and, and represents the audience, I'm interested to know what, what, what do you think has to change in the current senior housing and care industry to, to even make it appealing to 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 you guys it isn't um currently the way it is yeah um the only way you're going to get me into one of those things isn't like a strap to a gurney okay um and it's really we need to change that from something that's medically required to something that's requested and it's nowhere near that right now the and that has to do with I believe the stat I heard was people used to think about entering or the, the average age for entering a senior community used to be 72 and I think it's 82 now. And partially that's because people are living longer and they're healthier, but partially it's because they just don't want to they just don't want to be warehoused. Yeah. So, you know, that has to change and it's it's an interesting this idea of is are these facilities essentially Hospitals with a residential aspect, mm-hmm. which is kind of how it is now for a lot of them. And I, and I think that's, re- that's necessary. People who have memory issues or they have health issues, you really need a lot of medical support there. For a lot of other people, is the model more hotel? Um, is the model more Soho House, club invited sort of thing? Mm with with um, access to medical or maybe the medical is not part of it. Maybe right. the maybe the main thing is really not that. And I I suspect that is the case. It's, you know, something we said earlier, the people of my mom's generation, for them, like it was just keep them alive, yep. stay alive. That's yep. a win. Stay yep. alive. Win. For me, it's a lot more than that. Yeah. You know, my the kind of choice, the kind of aspiration that I have in my life yeah, I'd like to stay alive. That's that's nice. But there's like a lot of other stuff there on top of it that is part of us, you know, coming out of the 60s and the 70s. This idea of, um, you know, the uh, self-actualization, the idea of being useful, of making a contribution of how can I become my best self? That's what I want. Yeah, it's, and, and I love the way you put that. And you're right. One of the problems we've noticed now is that you know people don't. If you if you survey 100 people, then you know 99 percent will say I don't want to go into senior care. What that means is they don't want to go into this med- medicalized right. dependency setting. Uh, and so what they do is is they stay home, and that's called aging in place, which right. in, 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 which which can work, but the the it can also be a false positive because you risk social iso- social isolation or loneliness, right. and and potentially the house isn't set up for aging in place. So you have right. to design and represent aging honestly, but I think you also have to, um, to your point earlier, think about who you're designing for and design for specific groups of people and like-minded people. So people want to. We do well, well. We do well when we're when we're with people who are like us, and and, and in community who with people who are like us, and building that social capital early is is great. And, and if you can do that in an in intentional setting, then perhaps you're setting yourself up for success um, rather than leaving it too late. Have you thought about how you, your your ideal later life setting? Not that much. Um, it feels a long way away to me, but I I think that. You know, where I live right now, I live in a converted factory building mm-hmm. in downtown Los Angeles. There's no indigenous population mm-hmm. in my zip code. Uh, but probably there are like 180 units in my building and probably half the people are over 50. Right. We have a couple that – we have a guy there who fought in the Battle of the Bulge. Right. Um, and his wife, they're both about 90. And they're also 
you know, a few people in their 20s, some people in their 30s. Right. And that works out really well. I, I like that very much. And I, I think that I don't know how long I'm going to stay there. I have no intention of leaving. But it's, you know, what I found is that the, mis- the kind of the mistake that, um, that I've made in the past has been wanting to move somewhere that has a lot of bells and whistles. Oh, it's got a great view. I can smell the ocean. I can do whatever. And yeah, that's like, that's great. That's awesome. But what really counts is who am I living with? What's that community? That's the sticky part. That's, that's what's really great. And I, we used to own a house in Malibu, which was lovely. And we had a great view and there was all this wildlife and Mm. the people around me were nuts. (laughs) <laughs> you're absolutely crazy. <laughs> and, and just like, I can't, I can't live around. This is insanity. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, now I have, I have a view of, you know, a bridge construction and Boyle Heights. I don't really have any view at all, but uh, I'm, I'm much happier where I live now. Yeah, that's great. And I think a part of it is creating and authentically creating some intergenerational potluck. Yeah. Um, so, you know, people don't necessarily want to be o- around people who are just their age, you know. Right. Um, and, and trying to get that in, in an authentic way in, into the mix. Um, it's a fascinating subject. Um, so let's go back into Ageist a little bit. I just want to explore that with you a little bit yeah. more and talk about the work. Sure. Um, so um, maybe we can talk about some of the remarkable people that you've, that you've interviewed. Um, you know their 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 stories are great. Their stories really help to reframe aging, uh, just by taking it off the table. And I love that. It, it, and, and and so perhaps you could tell us about one or two of the standouts, or one or two of the um, unique people that that have come up through the course of these interviews. I think they're they're all very unique. And people often ask me, "How do I find these people?" It's not hard. You put me out on the sidewalk right now, I can get you one. It's mm-hmm. just we're not trained to see them. And we're not, we're not asking the right questions. Um, you know, last week we did, uh, we did Barb Corcoran, Shark Tank Barb, who is awesome. She's 72 and she's got a lot of money. Why is she, why is she working 12 hours a day? Because she wants to see how far she can go. She told me she wants to see how much joy she can get out of each day how can she contribute? How can she help business owners? It's remarkable. Um, the, you know, somebody like um, we did a woman, Lily. Lily's 52. She lives in New York City. She's, uh, she's a teacher. And during the summers, what she does is she goes to Turkey, where she's not from. She's Brazilian. And she works in Syrian refugee camps um, helping children learn how to play. Uh, I find this extraordinary. If you were to just meet Lili, you would you would just think, oh yeah, um, very nice person. There's um, Christy who just swam the English Channel at 66. Right. Um, these people all have this sense of, you know, those qualities we talked about earlier: the the drive, the curiosity. Can I actually do this? Um, I'd like to try that. Yeah. Um, the sense of I'm not done yet. I have all this capacity. Um, we interviewed uh, Jack Douglas, um, who's a well-known music producer. He did like Aerosmith and wow, Alice yeah. Cooper and stuff. Yeah. And super great guy. Super funny stories. And and we're talking, and Jack's like, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm building this new studio in the South Bay." And I said, "What are you working on?" He's like, "Oh, well, I'm I'm doing this thing with uh, Juilliard. We're recording Stravinsky, but I'm doing it in this kind of like." rock and roll way. And I'm thinking, and I asked, well, what's, what does that mean? He says, oh, well, you know, it's a different, you, you pull the horns a little more forward and you push this back. He went into this technical thing. But it's the same thing. Like Jack's got, Jack's got money. Jack has immense credibility. Why, why is he doing this? Yeah. Because he's really curious. He wants to see what it's like. Yeah. He's like, can I do this? This is yeah. really interesting. You know, it's, it's, it's a great insight. Um, I'm doing some reading about flow and the concept of flow at the moment. And, you know, I guess we're all looking for meaning, you know, and increasingly we should be looking for meaning and, and, and have meaning as we go through the life course so we can flourish. And, and one of the definitions is, you know, harmony comes from having purpose and resolution. So having 
goals that you want to achieve, but also having the resolution to do it. And what I'm hearing is that you know some of the um, the um, the DNA of this group and some of the, the 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 success factors is having a direction, having a sense of purpose, but also having the resolution to go and do it and, and really pushing through on it. Would you say that's fair? I think it's fair, and I think that really if we if we get down that's really the thing that motivates that the health impetus and the, and the fitness and the the cultural engagement it's all about being able to actuate one's purpose and i i think that most of the people we've talked to their purpose is not self in in a way right. it's it's others and i you know, sometimes I hear people – I often get – they get a lot of incoming mail and they're like, well, I have XYZ problem and uh, I don't know what to do. And I just tell them like, just go help people. Just like just like stop it. Just like stop thinking about yourself. I don't want to hear about that. Like what did you do today? You know, did you say hi to somebody? Yeah. You know, did you make somebody feel good? Did you open the door for somebody? Did you contribute to someone? Just do that for a few days in a row and this other racket in the back of your head is going to go away. Right. Yeah, that's remarkable. As, as Just on that, as part of our research for the wild, I got to a stage where I was trying to figure out, you know, how do, people, how do we live our best lives? What are, the, what are the things we should be doing? So we can try and, uh, and, and develop programming around that. And I got to a point in the journey when I said, well, why don't we go and talk to people who are dying? Perhaps people who are right at the end mm-hmm. of the life course um, can have some insights uh, and direction that we can pull back through. Mm. And we sat and I sat and did bedside interviews in hospice with people, people who were in the final, final stages. Mm. And we teased out two areas when we said, you know, is there anything you wish you'd done more of? Because we're trying to learn um, around that. And the two broad areas that came up, there was a variety of answers, but they fell into two areas, was that um, I wish I'd uh, taken more chances mm-hmm. and I wish I'd helped more people. Right. To your point. Yeah. You know, and... Um, Helping more people, as you've just said, is, is a great way to, to have purpose. And it's interesting how we seem to come on to that with, with, with maturity, that, that we, we, get to, we, we get our heads around how that, what that can give us with, with maturity. That's not to say there aren't great young sometimes. people doing yeah, Sometimes. <laughs> and that's not to say there aren't great young people with great sense of purpose. But what I'm interested in, in talking about is the um, I wish I'd taken more chances, mm-hmm. right? Because that... In, in these particular interviews took mm-hmm. the form of um, I wish I'd um, uh, always taken that trip. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I'd come out. I was always gay. I couldn't come out in, mm-hmm. the, in the society and family that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I'd um, not worked so hard. So if, if so, so, so this, this notion of taking chances really gets into permission. You've, you've spoken yeah. about this and, and I'm, I'm interested in your take on how permission is important for for, for thriving and repurposing um, uh, in, in later life and giving yourself permission? I think permission comes from seeing um, from story. And I think that so many people feel they don't have permission to do whatever because they haven't seen it modeled. Uh, they need to see other people do something and then they say, oh, he did that. I can do that. Great. And that's what we do at Aegist. We give people permission by showing other people who do things that are um, inspirational, aspirational, but also attainable. Now, I'm not going to be able to swim the English Channel like Christy did, but, you know, that's okay. What I can get out of that, though, is I look at these people and I say, wow, maybe my sense of what's possible is limited. Like, you know, maybe my imagination is the problem here. I need to expand my imagination. And I, and I think that the way that happens is through, through story, through images, through pushing back against all this, this just tsunami of stuff out there that says that you can't do that, that there is no possibility, that it's not, you know, you're whatever age you are, oh, you can't learn. You can't start something new. You can't meet someone new. That doesn't, you know, you're past that. And, and we say no. Um, you can believe that if you want, but I can tell you that's not true. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that's and that's one of the great gifts that your work is giving us. You know, it's so prescient. Uh, and, and on that, when you reflect on the journey, and, and I think you're just at the start, to be honest, I think there's just so many good things happening because of the course you've set. Um, but what are some of the great gifts that the work's given you so far? Oh, my gosh, Crispin. Uh, I, have this, I have this unbelievably amazing job in that I get to talk to this wide range. It's like if, you, if I think it's a composite of the like thousands of hours of interviews, stuff that we've done, I get the perfect parent. (laughs) 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 And it's, it's brilliant. Uh, You know, they continue to inspire me and I, we, we have a, we have a sizable audience now and they look to us to show them you know what? What we're doing, what we think is important. It gives me great value. It, truthfully, I, if you would have like five years ago, I didn't understand. I didn't think I could write. I was a photographer. I was, I was like, you know, just behind the camera, and I would, you know, direct people. I was good at that. But I remember in the in the beginning, I our editor was out that week, and I had to write something. And I, was, and I thought, I can't write. I don't know how to do that. I'm pretty good at it now. Right. Um, I'd never spoken, you know, in front of more than like four people at a time. And now I, you know, I did six international conferences last year. I had no idea I had that yeah. skill set. And that was my lack of imagination. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe that was possible. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe that I had that skill set. Uh, but I do. Yeah. Um, who knew? <laughs> but that's what it's given me. And, and it's a great gift. And, 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 and I love how candid you are on, on social about your own feelings and, uh, and, and what's going on with you as, you as you go through the continuum. And, you know, it's, it, it really makes it authentic. And, and, and you genuinely speak to your audience and, 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 and everybody who's interested in this. So I think the style is, 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 is beautifully honest. Thank you. It, it's something it, it, that was learning. I had to learn how to do that. Um, I had to learn how to give voice to the feelings that were in my head. And what I found was when I do that, it connects to other people's voices in their heads. Right. And, it, and you know, like every, every day there's all kinds of stuff. I had no idea what I'm doing. I just I, – I either have to make it up or I've got to ask somebody, like, how do I do this? I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. And, and you just do it. And I think that that's, you know, this idea of wisdom, yeah, I guess I got a little bit of that, but there's like a whole ton of stuff that I know nothing about. And I, you know, don't, I mean, I just know what, what I know, what works for me. I am not an expert on anything other than that. Right. Yeah. And, and so I get a little, one of the, the, the pitfalls of being older is and you know being kind of a role model is that is that it's assumed that oh well you're 60 you must really know about xyz and and so i'm assumed to come off as being an authority on whatever and um i would just be full of it like i don't i don't know i mean i just know what's in in front of me here and i think that that's you know we talked a little bit about hiring problems mm. and um you know, HR, workforce integration. And that's the single problem that uh, we interviewed a whole bunch of um, people who were um, HR professionals. And we said, what's the deal? You know, why aren't you guys hiring older people? And they said, well, the problem is not one of skill or uh, any of these other pe- things that people think it is. What it's really about is a culture thing. Mm-hmm. And what will happen was you, you put the older worker with the younger People and the younger people are often the boss. The older worker will get a little scared, which I get scared. And then, you know, what happens when I get scared is I default to this kind of wisdom mode of like, well, back in my day, we did X, Y, Z. Fail. Like right, right there, fail. Okay. Yeah. Right? It's like, I'm here, to, I'm here to learn. Help me, help me to understand this. Please, please show me this new thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, like what I did 20 years ago is absolutely – has no relevance on anything. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. what I did last week, last year, yeah, that, maybe that's relevant. Yeah, 
Yeah. And then, like you said, the hard drive and, and the ability to do pattern recognition and get yeah. the gist of things. And Yeah. So I think like with, with that stuff, um, we are – there are certain things that we are better at. Um, and there's certain things that I'm not as good at. I'm, I, you know, I'm never, it doesn't matter what I do. I'm never going to run a mile under five minutes. Not, not going to happen. You know, if I do it under eight, I'm just like really killing it. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, certain my, my memory recall is probably not as sharp as it was when I was 20. However, I've, my, my human skill set is far, far greater. And I can vary. And I think part of that comes from being – when you're a photographer, you have to like you, – you've got like 10 seconds to, yeah. to make an evaluation of someone, where they're at, what, what they're feeling, and then to go with that. I think a lot of that has to, also, has to do with age. We just – we're around more people. Mm-hmm. And so we're able to see – we're able to read those micro emotions that come off of people. They become uh, very easy for us. And, and also we didn't grow up digital. So our – interaction is um, more face-to-face based. Mm-hmm. So we're, yeah, I think we're probably better at that. Right. J- just because we've done more of it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there are the resources that, you know, that we need to draw on and that employees need to draw on. And I think there's, in, in fairness, there is a movement now and there's more recognition around that. Um, and there's more uh, validity being given to life experience. I think we're moving in, in, in the right direction, but there's still work to be done. And, and a lot of it has to be in, in terms of the, the, old, the older person themselves, how they choose to show up and, and how they approach this. Exactly. Yeah. That's, the, that's what, you know, a lot of people come to us and they're like, well, we need to change XYZ regulation. It's like, well, okay, have fun with that. That's not my gig. Um, think about yourself. So... Um, what is your part in this? Mm. What is your responsibility? You know, are you, are you uh, culturally engaged? You know, when people look at you, do they, do they feel you're a fossil? If they do, why do you think they're getting that idea? Yeah. Do they just make that up because it's your age? Nobody accuses me of being a fossil. Mm. Um, I'm pretty engaged. Yeah. So you can be too, but it takes work. It takes effort. And, I, and I'm I'll – t- I'll tell you a, a digress a little bit. I, mm. I once – um, one of the great things about being photographers, you have access to all kinds of like amazing stuff. And I once went to, I was sent to Sing Sing Prison uh, in upstate New York, where I had to photograph a series of convicted murderers who had all graduated from the seminary while in school. And the interesting thing about the prison population is the prison population self-selects between two kinds. There are convicts and there are um, how does it, convicts and inmates. So and you never call the one the other. That's really bad. So the convict has committed a crime for which they are responsible and they have been convicted of. They are being punished for this bad thing. Those are the good guys. Those are the guys who go through seminary. The inmate, society has wronged them and now society has put them in a correctional institution and society will correct their behavior. They don't have responsibility for what they did. Those are the bad guys. Uh, and I and th- that that was a long time ago. I heard that, mm. and that really stuck with me. So, what's my part? Like, if I'm not getting a job, if I'm not connecting with people, what's my part? Like, let's look at that first before we start blaming the other side of the table. Right. I think that's a phenomenal insight, and 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 you know, you, that's just that's something you could get right today. You can yeah. you can just 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 look at it through that lens. Right today. And, and, and it's all about how you approach. So um, I'm going to take you back into the cool realm now, design realm. <laughs> that's, that's where we're, you're, 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 you're most comfortable. You came up with a great term at the uh, YBL conference um, that I just want to explore a little bit. Uh, and you said, look, basically cool is ageless. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Well, it is. Uh, you know, some of those people that we, we mentioned earlier um, – Cool is not age-dependent. So, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. How old is Ruth? Like 88 yeah. or something? Yeah, it's a great documentary on her. Right? Yeah, yeah. Ruth is total badass. Yeah. Totally cool. Mm-hmm. Right? Had nothing to do with her age. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Kim Gordon is like 64. You just say Kim Gordon's not cool? No. It's not, it's not relevant. Uh, and and the same thing, you know, there are a lot of 20-year-olds that are not so cool. Um, it's not really – the age isn't the thing. 
It's, you know, are you curious? Are you part of the cultural conversation? Are you connected? Are you contributing? Are you affecting the people around you? Are you elevating the people around you? That's cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that absolutely spot on. And we talked a little bit last night about the notion of eccentricity. And, <laughs> you know, we think that's a good value to have. And um, just playing with that as a word, you know, how, how do you think that, that, that plays a role in all of this? I love that word eccentricity because it's, it's so culturally relative. And I think that as people age, you know, as we discussed, not everybody ages the same. Things become very tribal. And so what would be considered really typical or um, appropriate within one kind of group is, you know, eccentric to the point of aberrant in another group. So, you know, like we mentioned Vivian Westwood. Um, For most of the world, she's a very eccentric person. However, if you are Mark Jacobs and you're talking to Vivian Westwood, Vivian Westwood's like totally normal. Right. There's nothing eccentric yeah. about her at all yeah, because that's because that's your gang. If we look at, um, you know, some of the – if you're a woman of a certain means and you live in Orange County, there's probably a lot of plastic surgery in your life. That's mm-hmm. considered entirely not only appropriate, it's expected. Uh, to not do that would be eccentric. Mm-hmm. But if you're not in that social group, that – kind of um, doing something like that would be seen as really like, you know, people say, oh, it's disfiguring. Why do you do this? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's all relative. Yeah. And also, I mean, allow, allow, again, back to permission, I guess, mm. allowing yourself to yeah. be eccentric and, and, and you know, trying to cast off some of the expectations or at least your perception of what right. expectations are of you. You get to be to, yourself. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. You have permission yeah. to be yourself. Yeah. You've been around long enough. Yeah. Um, you, you probably have a good sense of what works for you. And so just do it. Yeah. Just be yourself. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. You can only run your own race. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, uh, c- coming to a close now, uh, one of the questions, one of the fun questions we like to, to, to kick around is where we're, we love the concept of a, of, uh, a gap year. When you're younger, is, is, is an accepted way of, or is, is an accepted ritual, let's say. Um, you're taking time off to go and do something. But we like the idea of a gap year when, when we're older. You know, why not take time off, take a step back, repurpose, re engineer? So let's say you've just won uh, an all expenses one year gap year. What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? What do you hope to achieve? I hire two more staff and I double down on what I'm doing. Okay. I'm not interested in disengaging. Okay. I think disengaging is not where I'm at. It's about how can I engage further? Mm-hmm. How can I make more impact? How can I help more people? How can I expand the vision? This, I, you know, that's just me. I mean, other people may want to, you know, go to Scotland, play golf for a year. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for me, it's how can I be more useful? How can I be more helpful? Um, because that's my purpose in life. That's my drive. Mm-hmm. So if you give me more resources, I'm just going to do more of that. I'm not right. going to disengage. The, for, to me, the idea of disengagement, especially at 60, I would be terrified that I'm 60. You know, I do that for a year and I'm 61 and I have to reengage. Think of what I've, like, what I've got to catch up on. I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. want to do that. I want, I want more of what I'm doing now. I don't want right. less of it. Right. It's wonderful. Tells us you're in the right lane and in flow. And, you know, it's great that you've that you found that. And, and, and it's great that, you, that uh, it, it's a great lesson that we can um, not only re- reinvent, but reintent ourselves um, as we go through the life course. So before I wrap it up, where can our audience find you? Oh, sure. Uh, you just Google the word ageist. We're the first thing that comes up. Um, the URL is weareageist.com. Social is also... Uh, we are ageist on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, my uh, email is in there. If you have questions about me personally, you want to ask me something, you want to send me hate mail, whatever you want, um, I'll respond. No, th- yeah, thanks. You've always been really responsive, and that, that's great. Before the final question, you know, is there a, is there anything that you would like to pass on? Is there any sort of takeaways that you'd like to pass on to to the audience you know given the subject that we're we're talking about in terms of flourishing and leaving a legacy and you know, what's the, the 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 key message i think that what age does is it gets you it, it gives you the chance to live to 
as the person you were meant to be. And you can choose to do that or not. That's up to you. But you're free to do that. So you have enough life experience that you can look back. It's not so much what mom and dad wanted you to be when you grew up. You're not on this like career railroad track of go, 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 go without thinking about where you're going. You can reflect and you can say, I want to do this. I'm going to do that or not. I mean, you have the choice. I'm not saying you should. It, I would encourage people to, you know, live vigorously and live unapologetically. Be engaged. And it's about connecting. And when I am not connecting to others, it's because I'm scared. And to keep that in mind, like the thing that is preventing any of the stuff that we've talked about is nothing other than fear. And when I recognize that, when I say, when I'm bumping into people on a sidewalk or I'm just being grouchy, it's because I'm scared of something. And the way to defeat the fear is to show the fear that it is not real. And the way you do that, or the way I do that, is I just say hi to somebody. Hi, how you doing? Nice shoes. Like that. How you doing today? Bingo. The other person did not shoot me in the head. I'm okay. And that is what that's how we live vigorously. That's how we live unapologetically because we, we, we have our fear. It is with us. We acknowledge it. We say, fine, but you don't matter. I'm not listening to you. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful answer. And that is a, a universal answer. Yeah, I think if the world was adopted that um, just a little bit, we'd find we were in a, we were, we were in a much nicer place. So it's a, it's a great insight. And I guess the last question is, which you've already sort of answered, but um, you know, they, they say that search engines are really good at giving, spinning out answers, but a wise sage will offer uh, the right question. So if there was one question that we should all, or we could ask ourselves to set, set ourselves on the right course for um, uh, aging well and, 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 and uh, approaching um, a way of life that you're advocating for, um, what would that question be? Who did I help today? What am I doing? Right. How am I useful today? Yeah. Get yeah. out of my crazy fear-based brain and just help somebody. And everything becomes way clearer. Yeah. That is a great answer. David, thank you very much for joining us on Walk on the Wild Side. Thank you. It's a pleasure to have you here in Austin. We love the work. We love working with you. And there's lots of more great stuff coming. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks to David. That was a great conversation. Really enjoyed doing that with you in, in Austin, Texas. David's become a great founder member of the Wild. You can find him anywhere. Just Google Ageist uh, and it will come up. Also, make sure you watch his TED Talk and sign up for the YBL conferences. You can also find us at wildpeople.com or on Instagram at wildpeople. Thanks for listening and stay wild. <laughs>